What's going on, everybody? Welcome to it. We are back here with another edition of Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Hope everybody's doing good today. Uh, glad to be back after a huge win over Vanderbilt, 62 to nothing. My goodness, what a game. We got a lot to get to, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you always see me do this. It's because I just can't hear. It's all there is to it. I got to be able to hear myself talk. I know that sounds stupid, right? But, anyways, glad to have you guys here. Let's get things started off on Twitter at Dog Talk Twenty. Uh, really enjoy the interaction I have with you guys on there. Uh, we have a pretty good time throughout the game, especially when I'm watching and kind of live and going through everything. A little bit nasally today. Apologize for that. Hopefully, it comes out pretty good. Again, apologize for some of that audio from the last episode. I kind of had to break things up. Uh, but hopefully this one will be a little bit better. Uh, you guys, make sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you go and rate and review that. Give me those five stars. That'd be awesome. YouTube, give me the thumbs up if you're watching the video, as well as go subscribe there. Go check out the website as well, dogtalkpod.com. Spelled the way it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G, talkpod.com. Uh, and I just really appreciate that. Uh, and I, I said that I was going to mention this. If you guys feel like supporting the page or the the podcast show whether it's youtube uh, podcast wherever you listen because you can listen anywhere i think i'm literally anywhere i've looked stitcher all these different ones that i don't even know anything about i'm on so you can listen anywhere that you listen if, if you're like oh, i'd love to listen but i really don't you know i don't i don't listen to apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio. you can go just about anywhere uh, and check the show out but if you want to support the show in the description of the podcast, and I also, I believe, I don't remember if I put it in the description of YouTube or not. I may find a way to do that if I don't already. Uh, but to support the show, all you got to do is click that link. It gives you three options if you want to donate, $0.99 cent a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. You guys can. Again, that all it does is just support the show and allows me to continue doing things and to upgrade equipment as time goes uh, just to continue to bring the show to you. Um, again, Anybody that's out there listening, I really do appreciate you guys checking the show out because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy bringing this content and all that good stuff to you. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump right into it. This is kind of what we're looking at. Got a little bit of news I'm going to hit you with. Uh, we're going to break down that game versus Vanderbilt. Um, and then a few other things, some games around the country that were pretty wild and crazy. Talk some of the stuff that we talked about on Twitter throughout the past few days since the last episode. Uh, go back through the picks and all that fun stuff from last week as well. Um, normally I would put on the bottom of your screen right here the top 25 scrolling, but the more I look at it here, all I've got is the AP, or not, I don't have the AP poll yet. All I've got is the coaches poll. We're gonna run through it just so we at least kinda, cause most of the time it's pretty close. It's pretty close to what it ends up being in the AP poll. Um, so unfortunately I won't have that ticker running across the bottom of the screen for you guys today. But we will start off by going through the, the coaches poll top 25, and we'll do that real quick. Again, this is the a AFCA coaches poll. does have Alabama 1, Georgia 2, just like it's been for the past couple of weeks, and uh, needs to stay that way really until there's anything that comes up. This, this week I would say could be a test to that because according to these rankings, let me just go through the rankings first and we'll talk about it. Alabama 1, Georgia 2. Oregon 3, Oklahoma 4, uh, Iowa 5, Penn State 6, Notre Dame 7, Cincinnati 8, Florida 9, Ohio State 10, Arkansas 11, Ole Miss 12, Texas A&M 13, Michigan 14, BYU 15, Michigan State 16, Coastal Carolina 17, 
Oklahoma State 18, Clemson 19, UCLA 20, Fresno State 21, Auburn 22, Kentucky 23, Baylor 24, Wake Forest 25. Again, this is the coaches poll. Um, but what I was alluding to there at the beginning, Alabama and Georgia being a one and two. According to the coaches poll, this week, number one Alabama will play number 12 Ole Miss. Number two Georgia will play number 11 Arkansas. Two, first of all, huge games in the SEC, huge games in the country. I was really curious to see if game day was going to follow in Athens for this big game that's coming up, even though it's at 12 o'clock, or if it was going to be in Tuscaloosa for that Ole Miss-Alabama game that was a big game last year. Uh, from what I just read earlier, it's coming to Athens, which is awesome. This will actually be the first time that I get to come up to Athens this year, so that's I couldn't have picked a better time to go. Really looking forward to being there and hopefully getting to see most of you guys there. If you're going to be there, check it out on Twitter, at DogTalk20. Send me a message. Say, hey, let's catch up. If you know of tailgates, anything fun like that, talk to me about it. Would love to join in. Um, but, that's again, that's the coaches poll. As soon as the AP t Top 25 comes up, I'll go through it with you guys. Uh, just so that way we have it. But my top top five is pretty similar to this, with exception to Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is that great of a team this year. They squeaked by the skin of their teeth last night. Oregon didn't look all that great through the first three quarters of the game. We're going to get to some of that in depth a little bit more later on. But in the end, they still took care of business. Alabama and Georgia were the only two teams in the country really to take care of business in games that they should have yesterday. Teams like uh, Clemson, they did not. They fell to NC State. Auburn looked bad against Georgia State. Don't know if they thought they were playing Georgia and forgot that it had stayed on the end of it and that they're blue. I don't know. I don't know what was happening with Auburn, but we're going to get to some of that later on in the show. But top five for me, Alabama at one, Georgia at two, and it's going to stay that way until there's a reason to change. And we may see that this week. Our things may stay steady the same exact way. I do like Oregon at three. Oregon's the only other team, even though they're in the Pac-12, that seems to be somewhat consistent enough to be proven to be in that top five. Uh, really, I like Penn State in that sixth spot. They look pretty good. Um, or, excuse me, in that four spot there. Jump Penn State over Iowa and Oklahoma. Uh, and then and then Notre Dame, they didn't look all that great starting the season, but they're starting to come along, and they really handled Wisconsin yesterday. Uh, nonetheless, I still want to keep Iowa there in that top five and put them in that five spot. So I got Alabama one, Georgia two, um, Oregon three. Give me – I think I did Penn State four and then Iowa 5. And then right there on the outside, really, I would put Notre Dame and maybe then Oklahoma, maybe then Cincinnati, kind of like that as far as rounding out some of the top five. Not, you know, none of that really matters all that much because, again, it's just my opinion on something. Uh, but that's just it, – it's kind of crazy right now just how far and above Alabama and Georgia so far this season seem to be above everybody else. And I know just like yesterday – Let's take a break. It was Vanderbilt. Let's take a break. It was Southern Miss. But if you look at these other games that are going on, a George, or an Auburn versus Georgia State, Auburn should have taken care of Georgia State like it was nothing. They didn't. I know NC State's not necessarily a sleeper team, but Clemson, they should have taken care of them, and they didn't. Oklahoma should have taken care of business a little bit more than they did and didn't. Kind of a bad look there, too, with the with the, the Oklahoma fans cheering for the backup quarterback to come in. So, I don't know, some things to look out for uh, over there in Soonerland. But, uh, anyways, back to some of the other news. Some of the questions that came up during the game, Kendall Milton, didn't see him, started to see where he was a little bit banged up and wasn't going to play in this game because uh, I know that started to come up a lot. I saw it a lot on Twitter with guys. 
um, asking where he was. You know, why, why weren't we seeing him in the game? Evidently, he's banged up. I don't have much depth as far as what's going on with him, uh, but that's something to keep an eye on moving forward because we'd love to have him coming up in this Arkansas game that we've got coming up this weekend. I uh, saw that Marcus uh, Rosemey Jack Saint, I saw he's got a boot on his leg. I thought he was actually in the game yesterday. I'd actually have to look back maybe at some of the stats here um, to see because I thought he was in the game, but I saw that after the game he was booted up. So I don't know, not sure exactly what it was that was happening with him. Yeah, no, no, I didn't see him with any kind of reception yesterday. Maybe I was just imagining that. But that's something to kind of keep an eye on. I hadn't heard anything on that, hadn't seen if Kirby's put anything out on it or not yet. But unfortunate news if he has aggravated that ankle or something like that again. All right, AP poll did just drop. I finally got it pulled up here. Wow. How about that? The top five that I just ran through for you guys literally just popped on my screen is exactly what I just said. Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Oregon 3, Penn State 4, Iowa 5. I'd say that was a pretty good top five by me. Um, anyways, let's let's run through the rest while we're here. Oklahoma does fall down to that six spot. Cincinnati at seven. Arkansas at eight. Boom, you got a top ten matchup right there. I figured they'd be in the top ten, but look at that. Arkansas jumping all the way up to eighth. Notre Dame at nine. Florida 10. Ohio State 11. Ole Miss at 12. BYU at 13. Michigan at 14. Texas A&M falls down to 15. Coastal Carolina at 16, Michigan State at 17, Fresno State at 18, uh, Oklahoma State 19 after not being ranked last week, UCLA at 20th, Baylor not ranked last week, they are in 21, Auburn actually moves up a spot even though that was a terrible game to 22, I guess everybody is just a lot worse, uh, NC State they jump up to 23rd after upsetting Clemson, Wake Forest 24, they come up into the rankings, uh, and then Clemson at 25. I don't think I've seen Clemson that low in a long, long time. Long time. All the way down at 25. They fell 16 spots after losing. Wow, that's impressive. I'm kind of excited, though, that that top five that I just read off kind of read out the same again. What does it matter, really? But something to kind of keep an eye on there. But anyways, back to the news. Uh, prayers out to Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint after whatever. I, I, again, I don't really know what happened in that game. Uh, to cause any of that, but something to keep an eye on. I did see him. I did see him in a play. He was actually at the bottom of the screen, and they were talking about it. I don't know what happened. I never saw anything after that. don't know if maybe that was on a kickoff or a punt deal. Something must have happened there. Again, don't have any information as far as Kendall Milton goes, so we'll just kind of keep our eye out on that. If I find anything, I'll try to put it out for you guys. Other injuries that we know we're still dealing with, Dominique Blaylock, he's still out with a hamstring injury now. We know Tate Ratledge is out for the rest of the season. This is the week. I don't know, but I feel like this is going to be the week for the push to get Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith back. Brock Bowers looks really good right now. Even uh, Lab McConkey, he looks really good right now. John Fitzpatrick, you got some good tight ends that are in there right now and played a huge role uh, in this Vanderbilt game that came up again. I know it's just Vanderbilt, but something to kind of – think about there as far as trying to bring Darnell Washington back. But there is a difference in Darnell Washington and in these other guys that we've had in there. Brock Bowers has looked outstanding. But could you imagine having a two-tight end set, having Darnell on one side and Brock Bowers on the other side, and then you got a Jermaine Burton out, out wide, and then, you know, let's put a, a Donnie Mitchell out wide on the other side. You put those four guys on the field and have Zeus in the backfield with JT Daniels, where are you going? 
you got you got targets all over the field. All of a sudden, you look and you say, okay, Georgia can go any which way they want to go with this ball right now. Um, I may have actually just added one extra player to the field there. It doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying. Georgia, to have him back because Darnell Washington is just a beast. If you look at this guy, how, how big he is in comparison to the other players and even the other tight ends, he's just huge. Um, again, you don't want to push him too far back, but we know a couple of weeks ago following that South Carolina game, they were out of their boots, him and Tyke both. Tyke, I think, would be good to get back to be able to have him in that secondary because Arkansas is going to try to test that, Vandy. They didn't have the opportunity to really get deep on us, which is good. We stopped a lot of that. We limited some of those bigger plays this week, which is good. We were able to get to the backfield, not nearly as much as I thought. I thought we'd have a lot more sacks in this game, but we didn't. Um, but having those two guys back this week, which will now be a top ten matchup in number eight Arkansas and, and uh, number two Georgia, that's going to be kind of fun. I wanted to pull the uh, schedule up for you guys here. Actually, have I'm actually going to have to update it now because that was I kept waiting to see if I could get two things to happen. I wanted to see if I could get uh, the schedule pulled up so that way I could put the correct thing and then the ticker on the bottom of the screen as well. That was one of the other things that I wanted to make sure that I could do because it matters. You know, when you come into this situation, Arkansas now going to be ranked eighth. Number eight, Arkansas. Number two, Georgia. Fired up about this game especially going to be there game day in Athens, get there early. Kirby's already calling for the fans to make a difference in this game and be there early. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Anybody that's listening to this and you go into the game, get there early. Let's be loud. Let's have a lot of fun with this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But back to, I know, kind of all over the place already, but back to having Darnell Washington back and Tyke Smith. I don't think you have to have that push as much for Darnell just because of how well Brock Bowers has played, how well Lab McConkey looked last week, and, and even John Fitzpatrick still being in there. But he will make a difference. He's a name and he's a guy that teams know about, and he's a big, he's a big guy. So you put a guy like that on the field, somebody's got to cover him. Just because he's been out all, all season so far doesn't mean you can just let him go out there and not put anybody on him. And Tyke, I think, will help a lot uh, on the back end of that defense. Again, I know he's been out for a few weeks, so it hadn't been quite as good to have him throughout the season, but he was there preseason. He's, he's been there for the fall camp and everything when all this stuff happened, and he was, in my opinion, I'm assuming, to have been the starter uh, at that time. Let's kind of start to jump into some of the uh, some of the big stuff as far as Georgia goes. Yeah, there we go. Try to get my screen to slide a little bit here some of the stats that I wanted to pull up for you guys. All right, there we go, offensive explosion. Check out those numbers right there. Georgia going for 532 total yards in this game, 291 passing yards, four or 241 rushing yards, fairly even on both sides of the ball. Sadly enough, though, looking back at this game is the fact that Stetson Bennett ended up being the leading quarterback in this one. I guess it's not necessarily sadly enough. Uh, but he does. He throws an interception. That was always the bad thing. He's, he's just – the bad part is now that first game coming in in UAB, he looks so good, throwing really well, not making mistakes, uh, that you got to praise him in a good way for those games. But then he turns around and we put him in for a couple of drives. Against South Carolina, he makes a mistake. Nobody wants to see him anymore. Same thing in this. We put him in there, makes another mistake, and nobody wants to see him. I tweeted this, and I'm going to reiterate it here. If Stetson Bennett is looked at as QB2, if he is better than Carson Beck, if he is better than Brock Vandegriff, and he is QB2, he cannot get better in game-time situations sitting on the bench. Now, 
against an Arkansas this week, I don't really expect to see him at all. JT Daniels more than likely will be in this game the entire time. God forbid that he have any kind of an injury or something like that. That should be the only reason we would see Stetson Bennett come into this game. But in that game where you're beating the snot out of somebody at that point, 35 to nothing after one quarter, that's the only time JT played. JT had to play one quarter in that game because Georgia's offense was so dominant and the defense was even more dominant. It's hard to say that you win 62 to nothing and the defense was still more dominant than that offense, putting up that many points. But it was because you get the shutout. You get a zero there. But we'll get to some of that defensive stuff in a minute. But offensively, when it comes to Stetson Bennett, he's got to come in the game in that situation as a QB2 to continue to get better with game time reps. Practice is one thing. You can get good. You can get better. Practice makes perfect. We've always heard that. But game time situations is also a good time to get your feet wet against an opponent, somebody that's not your own team. So it's good to get him in there. I know people don't want to see him. I get it. We've got to get over that as far as this goes. It's okay to see him come in a game that you are beating the snot out of somebody. In an Arkansas game, if it's 7-10 to 10 in the first quarter, I don't want to see him. That's a completely different thing. I don't think that's going to happen with Kirby Smart in this one, and I hope that it doesn't. If it doesn't, or if it does happen, my opinion on that is something has to be going on with, with JT Daniels. And like I said, God forbid that happened because everybody would lose their mind, especially on Twitter. But um, he's got to get those game time reps to just continue to get better if he's going to be truly QB2 in this situation. So we got to calm down a little bit on jumping on Stetson. Especially, I, I know he's making mistakes. I know that sucks and that can't happen. And he has to work on that. But he can't work on it just by practicing. I mean, you can get better, yes, but game time reps mean a lot more and carry a lot more weight than practicing does in those games where or practice where you're playing against each other. Something to think about a little there. But back into the stat line of it, Stetson Bennett, 11 for 15, makes the one mistake, uh, but does have one touchdown on the night, 151 yards. 83.8 was his QBR. JT Daniels, 9 for 10, 129 yards, two touchdowns, 98.8 is that QBR. And then Carson Beck did throw it a few times, one for three, 11 yards. On the night again, 291 yards uh, through the air, three touchdowns and one interception. We averaged 10.4 yards per pass. JT Daniels alone averaged 12.9, and Stetson Bennett averaged 10.1 in his passes. Running game, we looked a little bit better in the running game. There were still times that I was a little bit curious, and, and I talked with one guy about this. There was a situation, I think it was like fourth and one, and we were right there at their goal line. And I know at that point we had either second or third string in. Heck, we even had a couple of defensive guys that were playing on the line to help us push forward. And, again, this kind of goes back to that, what I was just talking about, the difference in practice and game time reps. If we're going to push to get a first down on fourth and one in that situation, even though we have second and third and even maybe four string guys in at that point, we should be able to move the ball against a Vanderbilt who still has their first string in one yard. One yard. That's all we needed. If it was fourth and one and Georgia didn't really care if we got it one way or another, kick the field goal, get three points. Why not? Nothing wrong with that. But if we're really going to get on the field and try to push to really get that one yard, I want to see it happen, especially against the Vanderbilt because you're not going to have any success against these bigger teams in an Arkansas now and, and an Auburn coming up, which not as good, but you're not going to have that success against teams like that when you're trying to do it against a lower lower-grade team like that and it's not working. Still a little bit curious and concerned about that. But in the end, again, we do run the ball for 241 yards, five touchdowns on the ground. So maybe I'm just being overcritical like I was last week. I know I didn't give the, the running game nearly as much credit as I should when we opened up holes and made gaps and got guys through them. 
And we did that a little bit tonight. Zeus, or last night, excuse me, Zeus, carried it nine times, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Dejon Edwards, you know, he, he got in in that fourth quarter and pretty much ran the entire fourth quarter. Again, because we didn't see Kendall Milton. Kenny McIntosh, he came in a little bit too. Uh, but Dejon Edwards carried the rock 10 times, 46 yards with a touchdown as well. Stetson Bennett, five times, 37 yards, you know, just scrambling in there. Kenny McIntosh, eight times, 36 yards and a touchdown. James Cook, eight times, 35 yards. Lab McConkey, you know, he got that end around for a 24-yard touchdown. Uh, and then Brock Bowers, he also got that end around for a 12-yard touchdown. So we did have guys actually get in there and be able to run the ball pretty well. Five touchdowns on the ground. Again, maybe I shouldn't be so critical of it uh, with a couple of those sweeps coming from the tight end, which were pretty cool to see. Leading receiver in this one, Brock Bowers. Again, leads uh, the receiving category 69 yards on four touches, two touchdowns. Uh, I think both of those were in the first quarter. Lab McConkey right behind him, four receptions, 62 yards and a touchdown. So Brock Bowers on the night ended up with three touchdowns. Lab McConkey with two. Our tight ends accounted for five total touchdowns three through the air and two on the ground with a little end arounds, which was really cool. Uh, Jermaine Burton, four touches, 46 yards. Uh, Donnie Mitchell did get the ball three times for 38 yards. And Kiaris Jackson putting in some more work there on the offense uh, instead of just punt returns, two snags for 35 yards, one of which he only needed to break one more tackle, and he probably could have got a lot more yardage out of that. Uh, John Fitzpatrick did get one catch on the night as well for 28 yards. Again, 291, three touchdowns through the air, five on the ground. That offense exploded. Looked really, really good. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, Donnie Mitchell, Dejon Edwards had a couple of fumbles in this game. Kenny, I think, was one. But I don't, I don't think we ever lost the ball on a fumble, if I remember correctly. I could be incorrect about that. But to the special team side, we only had to punt the ball twice. Uh, Hot Pod, he looked a lot better. Had had two field goals on the night. Uh, his long was 36. So glad to see him continue to get a little bit better there. Had a couple picks on the night. Christopher Smith, he got another pick for a 20-yard return. That's right, Kamari Lasseter, he also had the other one there uh, for us. Glad to see that. So let's get some of the defensive stuff pulled up on the screen for you guys. Because, again, defensively we looked really well as well. Look at this, the defensive shutout. We held Vandy to 77 total yards. 77. Georgia scored 62 points and held Vanderbilt to 77 total yards. 24 yards through the air, 53 yards on the ground. Holy cow. I'm going to skip over to Vanderbilt's line on this one. They brought in Ken Seals to start the game. Ken Seals did not look good, made a mistake on defense. And then they brought in their, their backup right. I'm trying to remember, isn't it Mark Wright, was it? Mike. Mike was it. Mike Wright came in. One good thing about this game is Mike Wright was not terrible. He, he led the category, actually, in rushing for Vanderbilt with 41 yards. No touchdowns again. Held them to nothing. Threw the ball three for nine with one interception. They didn't look good. Only 16 yards. Could not move the ball through the air. Couldn't really move the ball on the ground. The only reason they did is because when Mike Wright came in, he was actually able to scramble a couple times. Now, he wasn't busting huge yards. Vanderbilt had four first downs in this entire game. Four. That averages to one a quarter. That means when Vanderbilt had the ball, they got essentially one first down every quarter. It didn't turn out exactly like that, but they had to punt the ball nine times. The punter 
put up 381 yards on punting. Just thought I'd give you that stat because it's kind of funny. Nine times they had to punt to Georgia's two. Two times Georgia had to punt. Mm. It's just crazy to look at this stat line right here. Again, I know it's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not good. This is what a lot of people called a payback game because of the rescheduling of the two games last season. You know, we had them on the schedule, COVID, so they canceled. Put them back on the schedule for senior night, COVID, again, supposedly, even though they played a game in between those three weeks, canceled again. This is what you get, 62 to nothing. Thank you. But look at that, 77 yards. Blows me away. Blows me away. Let's get back to our defensive guys here because we got some guys to talk about. Robert Beal Jr., he had the only sack on the night, three total, three solo tackles. This is what's kind of crazy to me. In these total tackles, these numbers are low. The highest total tackles for guys is three. Same on solos. The highest on that is three. So many guys got in here and made plays. 24 guys. 24 guys, again. That's over two teams on defense that got a tackle in this game. 24 solo tackles. Again, only one sack. Did have four tackles for loss. Five punt deflections. One quarterback carry. Two interceptions defensively. It still kind of blows my mind we only have one sack. But, again, 77 total yards. All right, I'll move on from it. I get it. I get it. Hold on. Hey, move on from it. We get it. They only scored or they only had 77 total yards. I was glad to see the shutout. There were a couple of situations we got in there. One after Stetson's interception, I was about to get really mad because they had decent field position. And here we go turning around, and I thought that we were going to let them get a field goal. Their kicker actually had a really good leg into it too. Luckily, it just just a little bit to the side, just a little bit, because he, he kicked the snot out of it. Um, but then the, there at the end of the game, they also could have done the same thing. They had an easy chip shot field goal that they could have made, and it would have ruined the shutout, and they went for it. I don't know if that's because they were like, hey, let's have them, let them have their day. They hadn't given up any points uh, in this game. I don't I don't really know Vanderbilt's thinking on that, and it's kind of hard to think like Vandy because, I mean, Vandy's just not good. They're just not. I mean, I hate to be mean like that, but, oh, my goodness. What a game. What a game. I'm going to go back through a stat that I, I actually put together after the game last week. Or last night, excuse me. Yesterday, not last night. This is a pretty crazy stat. I started doing the math on it. Don't know why. I don't know why it came into my head. But this is it. And I put it up on Twitter if you want to go check it out, at Dog Talk 20. Stat of the day. In the first 11 minutes and 52 seconds, first 11 minutes and 52 seconds of the game, Georgia scored five times. Five touchdowns in 11 minutes and 52 seconds. Let me break this down for you. That means on average, Georgia scored every two minutes and 22 seconds. That is 142.4 seconds. They averaged a touchdown in the first quarter alone. Five touchdowns. Not to mention, in the middle of all this, we scored three touchdowns in one minute and 20 seconds. That's 80 seconds. In 80 seconds, Georgia scored three touchdowns. And that happened like this. Start of the game, 11 minutes and 21 seconds. Brock Bowers, touchdown. With eight minutes and two seconds left in the first quarter, Brock Bowers, 25-yard touchdown. With seven minutes and 11 seconds left, Samir White runs it in. Right after that, six minutes and 42 seconds left, Lab McConkey runs it in for 12 yards, or 12-yard touchdown. Then just a couple of minutes later, with three minutes and eight seconds left in the game, Lab McConkey runs it in for a 24-yard touchdown. Five touchdowns in the first quarter, averaging 
a touchdown, first quarter alone, every two minutes and 22 seconds. And in the middle of that, they have scored three touchdowns in a minute and 20 seconds. It just it, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. It blows my mind that Georgia did this. Not, not, that, not that Georgia can't do it, because I fully believe that Georgia can do just about anything if they put their mind to it, you know. I believe in Georgia enough to know that they're good enough to do that. But just that explosiveness on offense that they had there blew my mind when I really started doing the math on the fact that Georgia scored 35 points in the first quarter alone. Alone. Went on, you know, after that, we scored what I think a field goal in the second. So we really, we really kind of slowed down, honestly. We, just, we slowed down a lot uh, following that uh, that first quarter, which, I mean, who can blame you, really? You know, you put up that many yards and and just stun a team that heavily. I guess that's kind of the way that it ends up going. I was trying to pull up some of the stats that I had found earlier in this one, but I'm going to wait on it. Let me get back to this stat line. Because first quarter, 35 yards. I'm at 34 point, 35 points, excuse me. Second quarter, again, I think we just got a field goal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, third quarter we put up 17, and then the fourth quarter we did score a touchdown. 62 to nothing, Georgia absolutely dominant over Vanderbilt. Defensive shutout, one thing we were calling for, one thing we were hoping for. So glad to finally see that come through uh, for the dogs. And obviously we're always looking forward to uh, that being put up on there. So let's jump down to, uh, again, I mean, what can you say? The dogs take down Vanderbilt 62 to nothing. The dogs' offense was elite. The dogs' defense was elite. The dogs are elite as of right now. Again, I know it's just Fandy. But I tell you what, let's start to jump into some of the other games around the country because there's a lot going on. We're going to preview slightly some to come up at the end of this episode into this Arkansas game that we've got coming up because there is a little bit of little bit to talk about before Thursday's episode where we really jump into some of that stuff. So let's do that right now. All right, some of the other games that ran around the country. Huge games. Huge games. Uh, Clemson Falls. Makes our win over Clemson look a little bit worse, but at the same time, maybe uh, maybe Georgia broke Clemson. I saw that going around too. Did Georgia break Clemson? It's possible. It's very well possible. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, maybe not. They might not win another game for five years after what happened yesterday. I don't know. We'll see. But let's get into some of the games, some of the bigger games. Alabama, they handled their business again. Number one team in the country, Alabama. Number two team in the country, Georgia. Both handled business like they were supposed to. Alabama wins 63-14. to Georgia wins 62 nothing. Georgia didn't give up no points. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll get there. Got a long way to go. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know. I'm just saying I'm not saying anything. Anyways, Oregon, they take care of business, 41-19. A lot tighter in the in the third quarter of that game, though, for Oregon put up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma, this is what I was talking about, 16-13 to over unranked West Virginia. At the time, 2-1 and one West Virginia, number four team in the country, beats them by a field goal. And it took those six points in the fourth quarter for them to win this game. Their fans were booing Spencer Rattler. Not necessarily booing him, but they wanted they were calling for the second string guy to come in, the guy off the bench of their starting quarterback, a guy who's supposed to be the face of the program. Not a good look there for Oklahoma. Not a good look at all. 
Iowa, number five, struggled a little bit against Colorado State, 24 to 14, only went about 10. Took a field goal in the fourth quarter to put that one away, essentially. Villanova, Penn State. Honestly, this one was a lot tighter than it should have been, too. 38 to 17. Let, let Villanova score a couple times in the fourth quarter and make that one a lot closer there for number six, Penn State, at the time. Uh, now, I believe number four, if I remember correctly, what just happened. The big game of the weekend, a couple of them we're going to get to in a minute. Akron and Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State. Y'all handle business, sure. Okay, 59 to 7. You're supposed to. Just like Georgia, just like Alabama, except for you're ranked 10th, not in the top five. Uh, anyways, Tennessee, Florida. This game was pretty tight there in the first half, 17 to 14 going into the half. Uh, but Florida does end up pulling away there in the third quarter for a couple of scores. And in the fourth, to beat Tennessee 38 to 14. I saw a lot of guys actually, Georgia fans, pulling for Tennessee in this one against Florida. I'm going to be honest with you. He, he probably ain't I don't know that I'd ever pull for either of them. I've said it in the past that I probably wouldn't pull for Florida if it meant that Georgia wins a national championship. That's just how much I dislike them. Kind of the same way with Florida or with Tennessee. It's hard for me to – I'm not even going to say the words. So, But in the end, the Gators, you know, they got the job done. 38-14, whatever. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. This, this was a tight one there for a little while. Third quarter, it looked pretty good. 3 nothing. Wisconsin was up. Going into the second quarter, Notre Dame scores a touchdown and a field goal in the second, making it 10-3 to to go at the half. Into the third quarter, this game was 10-10 to going into the fourth quarter. Really tight game, looked really good. All of a sudden, Wisconsin's defense disappeared, and Notre Dame's offense showed up. I thought this was going to be a pretty tight game down to the wire, down to the end. Even picked Wisconsin to be minus 6.5. We'll get to that in just a little bit uh, coming into this one. But Notre Dame all of a sudden showed up there in the fourth quarter and decided to play like a top-ten team, even though they were ranked 12th at the time. Scored 31 points in the fourth quarter to actually end up beating Wisconsin 41-13 uh, to 13 in that one. Iowa State-Baylor. Baylor upsets number 14 at the time. Iowa State 31-29. to 29. South Florida-BYU. Still much closer than it should have been. BYU wins 35-27. South Florida is not good. UMass Coastal Carolina, they took care of business, 53-3. Michigan-Rutgers, this was a game. A lot of people are going to look at it and go, man, that was a tight game. Rutgers was undefeated coming into this game. Both Michigan and Rutgers were both 3-0 and coming into this game, even though it was at, uh, at Michigan. What do they call it, the big house up there? Whatever it's called, horseshoe, anyway, it doesn't matter. I think it's the big house, it doesn't matter. Uh, but Michigan pulls it out 20-13. to Pulled it out by a touchdown, but again, I saw the line on this was like 20 Michigan's way, and I was like, Rutgers is not a bad team. Rutgers is going to play much closer in this game. This should, I should have probably picked that game instead of the Wisconsin-Notre Dame game because I would have taken Rutgers plus 20 in that one because I don't think Rutgers is necessarily a bad team. Uh, and they showed up. They showed up clearly to make that a touchdown game in the end. Michigan does pull it out, though, 22-13. Michigan State just does get by Nebraska in overtime by a field goal, 23-20. Nebraska suddenly starting to actually look a little bit better this year. And a team coming out of nowhere. I don't like to give these guys praise either, but Georgia Tech upsetting number 21, North Carolina, 45-22. It wasn't like they beat them by a field goal. They beat the snot at them, 45-22. Sam Howell, not sure what's happening up there at North Carolina with those guys. But Georgia Tech, you know, they fought hard against Clemson. Could have came down to the wire at the end of that one and won that one. Didn't pull it out, but they do pull it out big big fashion here in North Carolina. The ACC is eating each other alive. I think Wake Forest is it Wake or, or BC, Boston College. I think they're the 
They're two undefeated teams in the ACC. Who would have ever thought that coming into 2021 there? And, and another one that was much tighter than it ever should have been, Georgia State and Auburn. It took Auburn on a fourth and, what, six or seven for – they did hey, – hey, Bo Nix just lost his job. Something to talk about there. Can I've, I've said this for the past two or three years. Bo Nix is so inconsistent, so inconsistent. Why are you sticking with him? And I always thought it was a Gus thing. Well, look at here. Brian Harson finally decided to make the move and took took Gus out or took uh, Bo Nix out and actually started to move the ball there at Auburn. You get a running quarterback. I can't even think of his name right now. But it took him scrambling around at the end of the game, throwing a touchdown pass for Georgia or for Auburn to go up in this game with like 30 seconds left. Then they get a pick six to make it look a lot better than it did, 34 to 24. But really the end of this game was 25 to 24. Well, 26, 24, is that right? Something like that. Anyways, made it look a lot better with the pick six at the end of that one. UCLA uh, getting by Stanford 35 to 24. Kansas State getting upset by – really not upset by Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State's undefeated and a good team, now ranked in the top 25. OK State wins that one 31-220. Let's get back to a couple of other big games around the weekend. And that was Clemson getting upset by NC State in overtime, 27-21. Actually took double overtime, number nine at the time. Clemson falls 27-21 to NC State. Should have actually lost that game in regulation. NC State had the field go up and missed it, or they would have won without having to go to overtime. Ends up going to double overtime, uh, and NC State pulls it out 27-21. Then the big one of the weekend, the one that leads up to what Georgia's got going this weekend, the one that I called in this one that I think that Arkansas is going to quote-unquote upset Texas A&M. I look back at my preseason stuff. I didn't have Arkansas beating A&M, but I knew last year that Arkansas was getting better. And into this year, I figured that Arkansas would be better coming in this year. I don't think anybody realized just how good Arkansas was actually going to be coming into this one. They do. They take them down 20 to 10. Pretty much throughout the entire game, it was without a doubt that Arkansas was outplaying Texas A&M. Had this game been uh, at, at Kyle Stadium there or Kyle Field in, in Texas A&M, uh, blanking on the place there. Anyway, College Station, this may have been a little bit tighter of a game. I'm not sure. But Arkansas looking really good. Uh, I saw somebody put up they are the uh, Texas State champions after beating Texas and Texas A&M. Rightfully so. Arkansas looks really good this week, this year. K.J. Jefferson looked really good in this game, got a little beat up. We're going to talk about that, like I was saying, coming into some of this previewing coming up because that's going to matter uh, for this Georgia game coming up this weekend. But nonetheless, Arkansas 20-10 to over Texas A&M in that one. Huge game, big game. Was really excited to see it, watched all of that one because it mattered, especially coming this week, having to play them this week. All right, let me look back at uh, some of the polls that I put up on Twitter this past week. I wanted to run back through them. Oh, another fun stat I saw. Galvin hashtag go dogs at Galvin4511. So Axe Reloaded, which is at AX Reloaded on Twitter, just confirmed. UGA has not thrown a pass since 4 minutes and 25 seconds left in the third quarter. So with four minutes and 25 seconds left in the third quarter, Georgia stopped throwing the football game and still won 62 to nothing. At that time, Georgia was still going to put up another 17 points, or seven points, I guess, in the fourth quarter while putting up 17 there in the third quarter alone. So now let's get back to some of the polls that I actually put up from last week. Yep, here we go. JT Daniels, and this got skewed 
JT Daniels passing yards versus Vandy over under 300 yards, and I even put that on there. That number, this number is going to be skewed because it was 100% of you guys that actually said it was going to be over. For whatever reason, my polls didn't end. They were supposed to end at 12 o'clock at the start of game time, and for whatever reason, a couple of these actually ran through the game, uh, and some people went on and voted under 300. Well, no duh. After he gets taken out of the first quarter. That's what's going to happen. Uh, how many quarterbacks throw touchdowns versus Vandy? 9% of you guys said one. 37% of you guys said two. Third, 31% said three. And then I said, heck, all four of them. 23% of you guys went with that. Uh, in the end, only only ends up being two. Stetson did throw one right there near the end of his time on the field. And JT also threw a couple. How many turnovers did Georgia get today? One to three. Four to six. I forgot to put this up. 74 of them. Uh, one to three, fourteen percent of you guys went with that. Seventy-four of them, twenty-nine percent of you guys went with that. Really enjoy that. That's funny. Uh, four to six, fifty-seven of you guys, fifty-seven percent of you guys went with that one. I think we ended up in that one to three category. I know two interceptions. Uh, I can't remember if we actually ended up getting any fumbles in this game or not. That'd be something I go to look at. I'm gonna look that up while I'm going through some of these other ones real quick. Let's see. On to some of the other polls. Here we go. Who's going to be the leading receiver versus Bandy? Brock Bowers, Jermaine Burton, or A.D. Mitchell? 38% of you guys went with Jermaine Burton, uh, and it ends up being, yet again, Brock Bowers. So that 30% you got that. When are we going to see Stetson Bennett in this game, first, second, third, or fourth quarter? 50% of you guys went with third quarter. 17% went with second quarter. I think if we had known we were going to be up 35 to nothing after the first quarter, most of you guys would have went with second quarter. Uh, but it ends up being second quarter, 17% of you guys going with that one. And then one of the sad ones that I, I didn't even realize was a thing coming into this game. Nobody knew until we never saw him hit the field. Kendall Milton rushing yards, more than 100, less than 100. Again, that one's kind of one that ended up being skewed uh, in the end because of the way that things went in this game. Yeah, K.J. Jefferson, he was on fire for Arkansas. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's most of kind of our stats and – Fun stuff to run through back from that Twitter game. I'm going to go back and look. Turnovers, yeah, they turned the ball over three times. There you go. They did fumble it once. We had two interceptions, so that one to three is what hit on those. The questions that I put up for Twitter earlier. See, I, I know I have one guy actually comment in on this. Shout out to all you guys that, that reach out and are interactive on Twitter. It's a lot of fun, especially on game day, uh, just because it's fun. Keenan at Trooper K. Surprised Vandy even had a shot to score. I agree. And I think the only reason they really had the main shot that they had to score was was that Stetson Bennett turnover, which, again, just kind of sucks for him. You know, again, it's, it's kind of one of those you go from zero to hero in the UAB game and then back to zero after coming in in that South Carolina game and making that mistake. Um, so that kind of stinks for him. Shout out to you. I appreciate you checking in uh, and, and commenting on there. I also saw where you were, you were saying that you're actually a – Arkansas fan that that reached out on here, um, but you are also you love Georgia and you kind of I can tell you kind of conflicted as far as how this game's going to go. Pulling for Arkansas, being an Arkansas fan, but also enjoying uh, Georgia. It's always good to see. Hey, we can always use you over here. We don't mind that. Come to the game this coming weekend. Be loud for 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 Kirby's sake, like he was saying for the fans around the league predictions in this one i did pick this one 56 to nothing i put up another funny picture where i switched it around to 65 seems a little closer uh i know a lot of you guys had predictions on there as well i should look and see if anybody actually hit on this i don't know that anybody would hit 
a perfect 62, which would have been awesome as if Georgia would have put up another touchdown in this one and ended it 69 to nothing. Nice. That would have been pretty funny, but didn't happen in the end. Let me see if I can go back and find our predictions and see if anybody hit on that. I should do that one day. I should, I should see if I can give anybody like a shout-out or something if you get the right prediction on the game. I may do that this week, coming up with the Arkansas game. There we go. I put it up as 56 to nothing. Let's see, let's see what you guys had to say on it. 59 to 6 from Zach Turner. Pretty close. 43 to 3 from Richard Tandy. 63 to 3 for Tyler Gerard. 55 nothing for Skipper Rowan. A couple of pretty good picks in there, but in the end, I think all of us ended up being wrong. I'd be kind of curious to see if anybody kind of hit on that 62 to nothing because that's just kind of a strange number. But, anyways, that's the picks. Let me go back, or that's the predictions. Let me go back and look. I'm going to put up our pick, my picks from this past week for Georgia, which didn't look, you know. I mean, I did okay. My other one actually looks a lot better. But this one not quite as good. All right, picks on the week. Georgia, for whatever reason, my little lock symbol on the, where you see those squares, that's supposed to be a lock symbol. Took Georgia minus 35 and a half. That obviously hit. Thought Mississippi State would look a little bit better against LSU. They did not. I took that two and a half. That one did not hit after they lost by a field goal. Pretty close, though. Arkansas, I had a feeling they was going to pull this one out. So give me that four and a half, and I'll take that one. And, again, I should have probably picked that uh, Michigan and – who was Michigan playing? Rutgers game over this Notre Dame-Wisconsin because I thought Wisconsin's defense would stand up as bad as Notre Dame has kind of looked in games. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, end up 2-2 two and two on the week. So be it on the other show that I did. I think I went like 9-3, and three, so it looked a lot better. Looking to Arkansas, that's what we got coming up. Just a slight, slight preview before we get into that main preview, which is going to be on Thursday, which will actually be Friday's episode. No, that's Thursday's episode. I've moved this show up a day just to get it to you guys a little bit sooner. K.J. Jefferson looked really good for Arkansas against Texas A&M, but he was a little banged up in this game. If you watched this game and you saw he actually got hit on the sideline on one play and was limping and kind of struggled from that point on, they did bring up their backup in this game, uh, and he didn't look all that bad himself. I don't remember his name. I was trying to get his name pulled up. But he didn't look all that terrible himself. And the biggest thing for them is they've got a running quarterback. And a running quarterback in this day and age, you know, we got to a point where a running quarterback made a really big difference, especially in the SEC. Uh, and that has kind of dwindled off a little bit. I'm not saying a lot, but a little bit. It's not been quite as big. That air game has been such a big deal, even around the SEC now. You know, we've, we've kind of gone away from that defense more into that air raid kind of offense. You look at Alabama. You look at Ole Miss. These teams that have been putting up a lot of, a lot of yardage and a lot of touchdowns through the air. That's limited back. Well, Arkansas comes in with K.J. Jefferson, who can not only beat you through the air, but can beat you on the ground as well. And uh, that was kind of a cool thing there. Malik Hornsby was the other guy who came in. He actually ran really well. See, look at this. K.J. Jefferson, 212 yards through the air, a couple touchdowns. But he also ran for 50 yards. Then Malik Hornsby, he runs for 12 yards. Only throws like seven yards through the air. He didn't throw very much in this game. But... They've got a couple of guys who can run the ball. Both of them are uh, – K.J. ends up a little beat up. That's going to be questionable coming into this game. If he's really beat up, you know, in this situation, being ranked eighth, 
I know it's, there's a difference in being hurt and injured. That is a conversation that happens. You know, when you're when you're hurt, you, you, you play through that hurt. But when you're injured, you just can't do anything. You know, it, it's unfortunate. You have to sit out, and you just can't be a part of it. Um, so hopefully in this situation, he's just hurt, and he doesn't have anything major going on where he's able to be in this game. So it's competitive, and it's fun. Uh, not that Malik Hornsby can't be, because he also looked good in spurts as well there against Texas A&M which at that time Arkansas, for the most part, had the game in hand. Uh, but something to kind of keep an eye out looking forward. I'm going to keep my eye out on it throughout the week before we get to that Wednesday show uh, to talk about that a little bit. Traylon, I think it was Traylon Smith, their running back, or either Traylon Burks. One of the other guys, he got banged up a little bit as well. So that's kind of something to keep your eye on. Again, I'm going to keep my eye on that as we go throughout the week, and I'll let you guys know what I find uh, coming into that for that preview game or for the preview episode that's coming up uh, here in just a couple of days. We're going to get ready to jump out of here. Again, I appreciate all of you guys listening and checking out the show. As always, I will check back in with you guys on Wednesday. Y'all go and follow me on Twitter at DogTalk20. Check out the website, dogtalkpod.com. Make sure you guys support if you want to. Uh, but I really appreciate you guys listening again. Check back in on us on Thursday where we will bring you the preview to that top 10 matchup game day coming to Athens on Saturday, 12 o'clock versus Arkansas. Looking forward to it. Glad to see you guys there, and I'll see you guys there. Go dogs. <laughs>